You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody coming at you guys after a little break from the podcasting as uh, spring ball wrapped up, did a little vacation, and back in the saddle now for you guys, getting ready for what will be a huge month of June on the recruiting trail for SMU, uh, as well as uh, summer workouts and basketball workouts, uh, recruiting official visits, I mean, camps, it's it's all coming our way June 1 uh, as the recruiting dead period lifts, and so excited to cover some of that with you guys. Uh, and on this edition of the podcast, I wanted to break out uh, a new, uh, not feature, but something I'm going to do uh, in the course of the month of uh, May and really you know, over the course of the summer. And I'm going to try my best and I'm going to reach out to you guys on the board as well and look for one big question that I can tackle each podcast. And we're going to do that um, as the summer rolls along, as well as touch on other things you know, really pertinent to SMU uh, overall, whether it be recruiting, football, basketball, what have you. Uh, we'll be doing a lot of that over the course of the summer. And so I want to lead off with what's really on everyone's mind in a way as the summer approaches, uh, spring balls in the books, uh, summer workouts get, get ready to get going. And then before you know it, we'll be at fall camp uh, in late July, early August for SMU. And that is the quarterback uh, battle for SMU. The question I'm tackling today on the podcast is how legit of a quarterback competition is this? And I mean this wholeheartedly because if you look at it on paper, right, you've got Garrett Green, returning quarterback, former walk-on, has held for SMU, saw some limited game action, obviously has great uh, traits with Trent Green being his father, former NFL legend. Uh, and then you've got Tanner Mordecai, who they bring in from Oklahoma, who saw some playing time, uh, showed some flashes of potential with the Sooners. And then you add Preston Stone, the highest rated prospect to sign out of high school with SMU in the 24-7 sports era, an SMU legacy, Dallas native, all of those things. And so as I sit here with spring ball in the books, and I put myself in Sonny Dyke's shoes, and one, I do think the quarterback competition is 100% going to stretch into fall camp. I think that's something that the coaching staff wants. It pushes the other guys in the competition uh, to continue to compete. I think all three of the guys have gotten fair shots uh, to show their stuff at different points during spring ball and have all shown reasons why they could honestly all end up winning the job. And so in short answer, I think this is a legit quarterback competition. But right now leaving spring, I do feel like I felt at the beginning of spring ball, which is that Tanner Mordecai is most likely going to be your game one starter against Abilene Christian if you're SMU. Now, I'll say this as I, again, sit back and, and take stock of what I was able to see during spring ball, what I've heard from sources. This competition is probably a little bit closer than SMU was anticipating, I think, in a way. Because if you look at Derek Green, he made so many improvements over the course of the last few months uh, and really looked the part at certain points during SMU's practice practices. You've got Tanner Mordecai, who showed that athleticism, the ability to run, take off with the ball, uh, make plays with his feet. He has some pop to his arm. 
uh, can throw the deep ball, uh, and seems fairly comfortable in the offense. One thing I think you want to look for a little bit with him is a little bit better uh, consistency. Um, that was something that I think as you transition into a new system with new players and uh, new coaches and all of that, that's most likely going to come with time. And then you look at Preston Stone, and even Sonny Dykes said this um, to us multiple times in the spring. He felt like Preston Stone was farther ahead of where he uh, even kind of guessed that uh, he would be coming into spring practice. And so that's a good sign if you're SMU, you want your five or your four star uh, quarterback to be, uh, you know, ahead of the game. And um, I think the biggest thing that I took away from the competition so far this spring is the big jump that Derek Green has made. And I say that saying that I still think Cantor Mordecai is going to be your game one starter, but just the way the ball comes off his uh, arm or his hand, I think he's uh, really put together a strong case um, to be the starter. He's He's got an understanding of the offense. It looks like the coaches trust him. He seems calm, cool, collected back there. Uh, and as he gets more and more reps with these receivers that Shane Bouchelle got uh, with for so many years um, or the last two years um, at SMU, I think that's um, something to keep an eye on entering summer. He is the veteran. He is the one that's been around for a while. And as Tanner Mordecai adjusts and Preston Stone adjusts, it's going to be interesting to me to to watch where this competition goes uh, just because Derek Green did make a big jump. And anyone who, you know, I think tries to make it seem like he doesn't have a shot is certainly... Uh, discounting the work that he's put in on many levels with the program and and over the course of the, these few months, and Preston Stone, meanwhile, showed that showed those flashes, showed the maturity to throw the ball away at times, uh, showed the maturity uh, that that you want uh, from a uh, highly touted quarterback coming in, and you can see the rapport that he's got with some of these guys already. And that was something they identified in recruiting and really liked about Preston Stone when they recruited him out of Dallas Parish Episcopal. And so I think that's something to also note. Tanner Mordecai does seem to be the more athletic, um, the more at this stage kind of ready to, to step right in to the starting job that Shane Bouchelle left open when he departed for the NFL. But I think looking back on spring ball now, SMU does have a legit quarterback competition. We'll see. Obviously, how things go over the course of the summer, a lot of time for improvement, a lot of time to separate uh, if you're Tanner Mordecai, Preston Stone, or Derek Green, and we'll be watching it in fall camp. But leaving it, I do think this is a more legit quarterback competition that, than I even thought. My prediction remains on Tanner Mordecai to be the guy, but um, I'm going to be as interested in any as anyone uh, in this competition and to see these players come back uh, off of this summer break and in fall camp and see what they bring to the table because uh, they all bring different attributes to the table. They've they've brought different amounts of improvement and abilities, I think, uh, that can really uh, make it difficult on the coaching staff in a way to, to name a starter. So uh, SMU, one of those quarterback co- competitions to watch across college football this summer and fall as uh, college football returns uh, in uh, September with game one. Uh, So we'll be keeping an eye on that on Pony Stampede. In other quarterback news, I did want to switch over to recruiting. 
We had an interesting article pop up on Monday, and that is Arch Manning, the five-star quarterback out of New Orleans, the, the grandson of Archie Manning, the nephew of Peyton and Eli Manning, and the son of Cooper Manning, is going to visit SMU in June on an unofficial visit. And so, you know, I think SMU, one, has, I mean, zero, let's be real, zero chance of, of landing Arch Manning, but uh, he and his family are going to check out SMU on an unofficial visit. The coaching staff does have some ties to the Mannings. They've been talking to them uh, as much as they can for a 2023 prospect um, who can't really get contacted until September. And, and all of that is really going through his family and Cooper Manning. And they're trying to manage the expectations that are certainly going to be there uh, for this number one overall quarterback in the 2023 class who is, um, when you look at quarterback prospects, he's very, very good. Uh, he's got uh, the maturity, the release, the arm strength, the athleticism, the understanding of the game that you want. But on top of that, he's got probably uh, until we see Tom Brady's, uh, you know, kid come through it, it, the, the best bloodlines you could ever ask for in terms of an NFL quarterback prospect and a high school and, and, and college quarterback recruit. Um, and, and that's Arch Manning. So we'll see uh, certainly kind of how that goes. I'm interested to see. Uh, him get on SMU's campus and and the reaction from his family and there's certainly like I said very 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 little chance but um, I did want to alert the podcast listeners of that that we had a full story on that on Monday from Steve Wiltfong our director of recruiting um, and he'll head to Texas right after SMU but talked to a source and obviously confirmed the visit made sure I was reading that correctly and they said yeah you know uh, SMU is is uh, in Dallas. It's it's got uh, some things that the Mannings are certainly listening to at least, and, and as they get through, get going in this process. Um, but you know, I just thought that was an interesting note. As a five star quarterback Arch Manning will make an SMU unofficial visit this summer in the middle of June uh, before uh, he uh, heads off to Texas for a couple days uh, to check out Steve Sarkeesian's program. So that's kind of the interesting recruiting buzz from. Uh, this edition of the podcast, I do want to touch on the SMU basketball team who added a couple of uh, big men as of late uh, to the roster. One, Tristan Clark, the former Baylor big man who honestly had uh, as bright a future as anyone uh, in terms of, you know, a big man uh, coming up in college basketball. Uh, he committed to SMU from Baylor. I know that was a while back, uh, but then SMU did get uh, news of Franklin, and I'm, I might I might be butchering this, but Aguillon, uh, who transfers from Loyola Chicago, he was supposed to uh, end up uh, going to Abilene Christian, and then Joe Golding left for Utah, or excuse me, UTEP, and uh, that kind of fell through. And so what SMU gets, and he committed on Monday, uh, and I confirmed it is a scholarship uh, with Tim Jankovic. But SMU is getting a 6'9", 245-pound forward. Uh, he sat out last year due to injury. Uh, so that's something to watch. And the year before, he wasn't exactly um, an elite player, but he came off the bench uh, in 23 games, 2.3 points and 1.8 rebounds per game, shot 60% from the floor. Um, and uh, Loyola was better off when he did, 12-5 and five when he scored. Um, this is not somebody that I think is, uh, you know, going to come in and start right away. Um, he hasn't really done too much 
over the course of his career. But as he comes off this injury, SMU's hoping that he somehow catches a little fire uh, and is a serviceable big man for them. Uh, but a 6'9", 245-pounder, originally from Nigeria, um, and uh, you know coming over uh, to SMU. He was a former four-star prospect uh, elsewhere on, on the ESPN rankings and led the Nike EYBL in defensive rebounding percentage and, and in the top 10 in block percentage as a high school recruit. Um, back in the 2018 class. So he's going to have uh, what looks like, uh, to me, um, his junior and senior year uh, at SMU. So two years remaining for Franklin Aguillan. So um, sorry for the butchering. I'll, I'll work on that. But a 7-3 wingspan as well. So he's got some length to him. We'll see if he can put it together after sitting out last season due to injury. But Tim Jankovic and his staff did add him uh, to the mix. I believe that makes the roster complete. And uh, another note I want to talk, uh, pass along to you guys here on this front too is uh, SMU still waiting for Marcus and Michael Weathers to complete um, their their grad transfer process. They are on track to graduate from Texas Southern and Duquesne uh, and and move on to SMU. I did check on that, um, but they've yet to be officially announced by SMU. Marcus Weathers, the uh, kind of I would say small forward uh, from Duquesne, uh, and then Michael is uh, the the more of a guard from um, Texas Southern, who started. They both started their careers at Miami of Ohio under actually SMU assistant John Cooper, uh, who was the head coach there at the time. So those guys are still on track to end up at SMU. So I know it's been a little bit of a minute since they both committed as graduate transfers uh, for their final seasons, uh, but. Uh, for Marcus, two-time All-Atlantic 10 selection, uh, and he's uh, a he averaged 15.3 points, 7.5 rebounds, and started all 18 games last year uh, for Duquesne, and he spent three seasons there. Michael, on the other hand, a little bit more of a journeyman um, and was uh, pretty good for Texas Southern this past year while uh, you know transferring from Miami of Ohio to Oklahoma State. Uh, Michael averaged 16.2 points, 5.3 rebounds, and 3 0.6 assists for Texas Southern, who won the SWAC and then advanced past the play-in game in the NCAA tournament. So those two twins are still set to play their final seasons of college basketball together. Uh, but meanwhile, SMU uh, was busy in the portal, uh, adding Franklin Aguane and then uh, earlier Tristan Clark uh, from Baylor, who if he's healthy, I mean, that is a, a really strong piece to pair with Yorane. Uh, who's still expected to return to the SMU program? You know, I think uh, when I when I talk with people around the program in terms of the optimism, I mean, it's and you could see it on the board a little bit too when you look at the pieces they've added, uh, Zach Newtall, um, and and then um, you know the Weathers brothers, uh, Tristan Clark, um, and and now Aguane, as well as Stefan, uh, I'm uh, Todor Todorovic. Um, the high school edition uh, they got here in the late signing period, a 2022 prospect who reclassifies to 2021. Um, SMU is at least in position, and and Zer even Zurich Phelps has gotten a lot of praise lately for his play. Um, and then Jalen Smith uh, is is the other fall signee for for SMU uh, in the 2021 class. A lot of people are starting to get a little optimistic about this team, especially when and most likely most likely when 
Uh, Kendrick Davis returns for another season. Um, I think this is a, a team that is probably going to be as interesting as it gets in college basketball. If you look at it, uh, I mean, just the way they've pieced everything together here, the mass exodus, I don't, I'm not in the business of making a prediction just yet. I want to hear more of this summer in terms of how this team comes together, but um, at least there's intrigue this year uh, with the SMU team. I, I will say that, but a lot of the people around the program feel like this is going to be one of the best teams that SMU's had under Tim Jankovic. Uh, they feel like they're going to be in position to to be uh, an AAC title contender in the truest sense. Um, so I'm passing that along. We'll see if it happens. We've seen a talented team. We've seen a talented team with experience playing together come back and fall off and not end up getting the job done. We've seen uh, all sorts of things over the last few years with SMU, but I do want to share that there is optimism about this team, the pieces they have coming together, the pieces they have coming back, um, and it seems like as of now, the roster uh, is complete for the 2021-2022 season. Uh, I'm interested to see uh, as recruiting gets back to normal who they start targeting for 2022 um, when they'll have some spots to fill as well in that regard. So um, that has been your basketball minute or two on uh, Tim Jankovic's squad. And for now, we're going to shut down this edition of the podcast, guys. We'll be back later in the week, get back onto our two podcasts a week schedule, and uh, we'll bring you guys even more. Um, and if you guys have any ideas, feel free to DM me on the site, email me, uh, whatever, uh, tweet at me, um, because it is the month of May. We do have a lot to go over as far as recruiting, uh, getting jump started here again on June 1. But uh, we are now in the dead heat of the offseason. So um, we'll have a lot of uh, post-spring recap coming up on the site this week, churning that out as best I can. And uh, also, our Getting to Know an SMU Signee series for the football team is rolling out and rolling heavy. Uh, there's been some really good ones on the site. So if you haven't checked those out, those are all free uh, for you guys. So feel free to give those a read over as well. But for now, thanks for listening to this edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. I'm Billy Embody. Feel free to leave us a uh, rating, leave us a review, and follow the Pony Stampede podcast wherever you listen to your podcast and share our episodes with your friends. So Glad to be back on the podcast train with you guys. We'll have a good week on the site and hope everyone's having a good uh, start to the month of May. Have a good one, everyone.